You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network, serving you up quick-hitting news and analysis for Green Bay Packers fans. I'm joined by my friend Gil Martin, and my name is J.J. Leahy. Gil's a writer for thesportsdaily.com and Cheesehead TV. And in addition to this podcast, I host the Daily Cheese, Green Bay Packers News Update. We're here to talk Packers because we're all here for one thing, and that's the love for Green Bay football. Refresh on the heels of last week's 30-16 win over the Atlanta Falcons. We're limping victoriously into a bye week. Glad to have some downtime to get our guys healthy. Gil, talk to me about that Atlanta game. Yeah, I, I have to say I was pleased with the way this team performed in Atlanta when you consider that Aaron Rodgers did not have three of his top four receivers uh, from the roster that started the season available to him. And he still was almost flawless in this game. Defensively, you're playing without your best defensive lineman. We also didn't have Mercedes Lewis. Uh, You know, the injuries just kept mounting. No Christian Kirksey. And then during the game, a number of other players went down. And yet there really wasn't a time in this game that the Packers, you know, it felt like they were being threatened by the Falcons. They really had control of this contest. They put up 30 points, easily could have been 37 or more, and the defense really did a good job of containing what on paper can be a very potent Falcons passing attack. Oh, there's no doubt, and it was really nice to see our defense finally step back up, including we got our beloved Zadarius Smith back for, in my opinion, the first time since week 16 last year against the Vikings. He looked like himself. He had over a 17% uh, pressure rating or pressure percentage, I'm sorry, against the quarterback um, on his uh, pass rush attempts. That's beautiful. I'd love to see it because that was his his pressure percentage for the entirety of the 2019 season. So it's nice to see him returning to that form that we know he was capable of sustaining for nearly the entire year last year. Loved having him back. And Aaron Rodgers turned... Uh, what could have been a sticky situation down his top two wide receivers into really a, a beautiful offensive masterpiece. And he made an overnight star out of uh, Big Bob Tanyan, a longtime fan favorite who had uh, just a wonderful coming out party uh, versus the Falcons. Uh, Tanyan now has five touchdown receptions on the year. He's tied uh, across the entire NFL with Mike Evans for most touchdown receptions on the year. And interestingly, Gil, uh, Tanyan has five touchdowns through the first four games of this season. Five touchdowns. That's as many as Jimmy Graham had with us in two years. <laughs> Low bar, but yeah, yeah. And, and you know, the, the beautiful thing about it, you you go into this game, as I mentioned, without three of your top four receivers. And... Out of all the targets that Aaron Rodgers threw to either his tight ends or his running backs, he didn't miss any of them. I mean, that's an unbelievable statistic, and it shows you at how high a level that Aaron Rodgers is playing at. You talked about Zadarius Smith, NFC Defensive Player of the Week for his efforts, and 
you know, the the Packers' best players who were available stepped up and raised their game. And, and I would be foolish not to add the great job that Jair Alexander did, uh, mm-hmm. you know, really shutting down the uh, Falcons receivers and only allowing, what was it, three catches for something like 16 yards? I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but uh, they didn't complete much off of Jair throughout the game. Well, and Calvin Ridley, uh, who has been, I believe, the number two most dangerous receiving weapon in the league so far this year, he was targeted only uh, five times in this game and hauled in zero catches. Yeah. Uh, We absolutely embarrassed him. And going back to something you just said a second ago, Tanyan, Jamal Williams, and Aaron Jones all hauled in every single target they had. Uh, MVS hauled in four of his eight targets. Yeah. And, so, I, I, and, and you know, credit to MVS for drawing coverage all night, running his routes. Uh, you know, I, I loved his effort. But you're absolutely right. Aaron Rodgers is putting the ball exactly where it needs to be for these running backs and for his tight ends. You got absolute perfect accuracy, and Matt Lafleur is scheming these guys wide open. is beautiful, and I love the way that Lafleur is adjusting his game plans. And what we've seen through four games is a different player stepping up and having a huge game. Whether it was Devonte in Week One, Aaron Jones in Week Two, Alan Lazard in Week Three when they tried to take away MVS, and now in Week Four again. The three of the top four receivers aren't there. They try to take away MVS and it's Bob Tanyan having the big game. So, you know, whatever it is that they're giving us, we're going to take it and we're going to be very, very efficient and effective at doing it. Yeah, you got to wonder, is Bobby Tanyan here to stay now? I mean, is this a performance that he can replicate? Something that I've been really excited about through our first four games here is that as you said, every week it's been a different guy stepping up and you know really putting on a big show. But I got to say, for the whole rest of the team, we're seeing a lot of consistency, and that's huge. Last year, our games were really stressful a lot of the time. Even when we're, even when we're playing against bad teams, it's still stressful to sit here and watch. And even though we came out on top of most of those games, we went 13-3. and three you would get done with the game and feel like you were going to have a heart attack. It was so stressful sitting there watching as we almost lost most of these games, you know, and yeah, we found a way to win, but there were guys, I mean, pretty much across the board. I think with the exception of like Jamal Williams, uh, at any given time, you could have any of our best players just turn in a terrible, a terrible performance. You'd have games where, Zadarius looked awful. You'd have games where Devontae wasn't good. And you had a couple games where, to be honest, it was Aaron Rodgers who just didn't show up. And the team had to win despite him. And what I'm loving about seeing the scheme in year two and seeing this team uh, performing under Matt LaFleur in year two, we're not seeing that. Yeah, you got some guys who are off to a really slow start this year. But we haven't seen anybody who flashed and then disappeared or who, you know, we know is capable and most of the time they're good. But, but you know, oh, in week three, you know, it was just absolutely awful, which we saw constantly last year. Just terrible inconsistency. I'm really glad to see. And I think this is a mark of 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 good coaching. 
guys are performing at a consistent level. And man, I tell you, Gil, during the preseason, uh, <laughs> you could have played <laughs> you could have played consistency bingo during uh, Matt Lafleur's press conferences. And every time you know, or 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 uh, you know, some sort of drinking game, take a shot every time Matt Lafleur says the word consistency because he preached <laughs> it. And so, yep. man, I'm I'm really really happy about this. Yeah, and when you consider there was no OTAs, no minicamp, no preseason games, everybody is dealing with COVID. And right now, obviously, uh, the Brown County and Green Bay is being hit particularly hard by COVID-19. And we hope everybody listening stays safe. But at the end of the day, being able to keep this team together and get that kind of consistency under the adverse conditions surrounding the whole country and the league right now, plus all the injuries that we've had on this roster through four games. It's a very impressive coaching job that we're seeing right here. Gil, can you take us through which players are having a really good season so far with the Packers, especially who's quietly having a good season? Yeah, I mean, there there are a number of guys, and you know, you start with the obvious ones with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and 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 what have you, and yet quietly having a good season uh, on the offense. Two guys to me really stand out, and and that would have to be Corey Lindsley, who is is quietly having a very good season. Uh, he he would be one player, and look, offensive linemen generally do not get a lot of attention unless they're making mistakes. Uh, and then the right. other one who's graded out really well on the offense uh, that may not be getting a lot of attention is Mercedes Lewis, and that's largely on the strength of his blocking. Now, he missed game four, but his both his run blocking and his pass blocking has been outstanding, and he right now is you know, considered one of the better graded tight ends in the league. Now, just how good has Corey Lindsley been uh, so far? He has been remarkably consistent, and his grades on both the run blocking and the pass blocking have been almost identical and very, very high. And right now, he is ranked first by uh, Pro Football Focus among the 35 centers who have grades. You can't do any better than that. Yeah, can you say contract year? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely you could say contract year, but uh, look— a lot of people don't step up in that contract year. And with the cap situation being the way it is league wide, at the very least, Corey Lindsley is making sure he'll get a big pay payday somewhere, even if, unfortunately, it may not be in Green Bay. Yeah, you got to imagine it's going to be very, very difficult for the Packers to find money to pay Corey Lindsley on top of everybody else, including uh, David Bakhtiari, also on the offensive line. Um, both those guys have been doing just astoundingly well. They are, uh, you know, as you said, Corey Lindsley is the number one center in all of football. Uh, Bakhtiari, I think is the number two left tackle, uh, in the league. He's having a phenomenal year and he learned how to run block this year. He's always been a phenomenal pass blocker. He learned to run block this year and Hey, turns out you take a guy like Bakhtiari, who's really smart and works hard. And you get a a head coach who preaches run blocking and and says, "Hey, Boxieri, let's teach you how to run block." Turns out he can be really darn good at it. Uh, both these guys are gonna gonna make it really really hard 
for the Packers to find any reason at all uh, not to re-sign him. Again, I, I don't think that uh, that there's going to be money left over for Lindsley. Uh, I think they would love to bring him back, but uh seems likely that he's going to be a casualty of the cap, but that will be a massive loss with how good he's been this year. And like you said, someone's going to pay him big elsewhere. Uh, you want to take us through some of the guys in the defense now? Yeah, defensively, you know, quietly. I mean, look, Jair Alexander ranked at the number top one. of the cornerbacks. Number, number one. one cornerback in football by a so, big margin. Yeah, not not bad at all. And Zadarius Smith obviously looking uh, pretty good. He's in the top 20 among edge rushers. But as far as guys quietly having a, a, a good season, undrafted rookie Chris Barnes, who you know, was cut from the team originally, then brought back to the practice squad, then activated for week one. And his grades against the run have been very, very strong. And he is in the top 20 uh, among linebackers. And then another guy who, you know, isn't making a lot of headlines, but because of his run defense has been also top 20. How about Tyler Lancaster? Made a couple of nice stops against Atlanta, against the run. And uh, he is quietly graded out very well. Yeah, the Atlanta Falcons are an extremely underrated offense. Um, I, I have to say I'm really, really proud of the defensive effort there uh, by the Packers to step up and hold the hold the Falcons to just 16 points. That's the lowest number of points that the Falcons have been allowed to score on any team so far this year. They put up 25 against the Seahawks, 39 against the Cowboys, and 26 against the Bears. They couldn't even get to 20 points against the Packers. Uh, I believe that uh, Todd Gurley and uh, the other rushers were only allowed 78 yards through the entire game. And right up until you get to garbage time, the Falcons were held to nine points. They were held to a field goal and a touchdown with a mixed, missed extra point. You got to imagine that if for some reason the Packers offense had not been able to get going and the defense couldn't afford garbage time and had to play right up to the line, um uh, I don't think that the I don't think that the the Falcons would have gotten over 10 points that game. Uh that you know the 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 defense was really humming and it's it's nice to see because we need that as offenses or as as defenses run the league are starting to catch up a bit to offenses uh you know after this lack of a preseason actually the packers right now believe it or not have a top 10 defense in the league that's it's crazy because we as packer fans are kind of just watching our team and going ah can you learn to tackle uh <laughs> but but we're actually quietly doing um, pretty good compared to just how bad the rest of the league has been. Yeah, and, you know, it, it, it's kind of funny that you mention that, and I, I'm waiting, I'm waiting to to hear fans actually say something nice about Mike Pettin. Yeah, you're not going to hear that from me anytime soon. <laughs> uh, I, I'll give kudos to the players who stepped up for sure, but uh, I, I'm gonna need to. I'm gonna need to see uh, a little bit more for a few more weeks before you're gonna get some compliments out of me personally. <laughs> just checking, just checking. <laughs> well, we've got some roster moves to discuss. Uh, so first of all, 
uh, Reggie Begleton was assigned to the active roster for the Falcons game, and he was cut afterwards. Now, the reason for that is because uh, Billy Wynn and Dijon Harris were both uh, practice squad elevations, and I believe you only get two of those. So the Packers decided that Reggie Bagleton, uh, you know, he's spent time in the CFL, has tried to get on NFL teams before and hasn't generated any interest. The Packers felt pretty confident that he would clear waivers. And in fact, he did today. So he's back on the practice squad. Uh, He wasn't really needed in the Falcons game. He was kind of more there for depth. Uh, I believe he played a few snaps, but he was really there uh, just, you know, to provide some depth with uh, Devante and, Lazard both being out because you're leaning on just MVS and Shepard and um, and Malik Taylor, uh, who caught a pass. It was yep, nice to see. First, yep, his first I, career pass. I liked seeing that. I uh, saw his number out there and got excited, and my wife said, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the, the Packers also uh, are reportedly signing a tight end slash fullback. This is another one of those Matt LaFleur H-back types. His name is Dominique Daphne. He's a former Iowa Hawkeye, and he played his uh, senior year at uh, Indiana State. Uh, This is a guy who's kind of got some of that freak athleticism. I have to imagine there's going to be room for him on this offense. Um, Currently, the Packers have at tight end Mercedes Lewis once he comes back from injury, um, Bob Tanyan, Jay Sternberger, and John Lovett. The name that you're missing here is Josiah DeGuara. Unfortunately, he tore his ACL on a punt return at the end of the game um, versus Atlanta. He is done for the season. This is really disappointing to me. DeGuara is honestly one of my favorite draft picks this year, and he was having a really good season. Um, It's really disappointing that he's going to miss the rest of his rookie season. I really hope that it doesn't get derailed. There's been a lot of questions about Jay Sternberger, who also missed almost all of his rookie season due to injury. Um, this is a big loss um, you know, for, for, for a guy who was really involved in the blocking game and uh, really had potential to be a receiving threat as well. Yeah, and Matt LaFleur really pushed for DeGuara getting draft kid. And you just got to hope that he's able to come back healthy and be ready for the 2021 season. And, you know, you talked about Sternberger and his progress being derailed a bit by injury. By the end of the playoffs last year, he was starting to look good and starting to contribute. And then, of course, he was on the COVID list when training camp finally got underway, and that set him back even further. Mm -hmm. So, you, you always have to be careful. You know, so many promising players have their careers undermined and, and disrupted by untimely injuries. And, and you, you, all, you there are guys who you always wonder, what if? And I hope that Josiah DeGara is not going to be one of those players. Absolutely. A um, lot of uh, well wishes uh, for, for healing going his way. The Packers have cut linebacker Curtis Bolton. He was on the pup list. Um, Apparently they just, you know, have, have given up on him at this point. 
They also released wide receiver Caleb Scott from the practice squad. He spent all of, gosh, like eight days on there, <laughs> maybe a little bit longer. So Easy come, easy go. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the practice squad wide receivers are a group of um, fan favorites. And, uh, you know, as much fun as it is to root for them, it's not recommended to really get your heart set until there's some sort of indication that they're actually going to get a chance to get on the field. We still have on the practice squad at, at the wide receiver position. Obviously, Reggie Begleton is still there. Uh, Jawan Winfrey and Robert Foster. So, uh, but the Packers actually worked out a few guys today, including, and man, this is uh, a name that doesn't matter how many times I try and say it. I struggle with it. <laughs> Kalia Lipscomb. Uh, okay. Wide receiver. That was good. He you did I, good. Thank you. Thank you. I had him on, um, he was on my, uh, my draft list. Uh, I really liked him, uh, this past year. He went undrafted and spent some time with the Kansas city chiefs. He was cut on, uh, September 28th. However, so the Packers did bring him in. This is a guy I'm a little bit interested that they're looking at him because he's not a Matt LaFleur, Brian Gutekind's typical wide receiver. He's only six foot tall. I say only six foot tall, but that is pretty short compared to the guys that you got on the Packers uh, roster. He's also kind of just just average when it comes to run blocking. He's much more of a pure route runner and receiver. And that is not the type of guy that uh, LaFleur has has shown any interest in. So I'm not really sure why they're looking his way, but I like the kid and I'm kind of happy that they brought him in. Well, you always want to have guys with slightly different skill sets. And and I think one of the reasons that the Packers right now tend to shy away from some of the smaller, faster receivers is the importance of run blocking mm-hmm. in the LaFleur offensive scheme. And, you know, they want guys who are at least willing, if not outstandingly good at run blocking. And sometimes, you know, a guy like Lazard, who's six foot five, uh, you know, MVS is a big guy. EQ is a big guy. Having players like that available helps them be better run blockers. And, you know, I I think there's room for one or two guys who have a different kind of a skill set, don't have that kind of height. And we'll see whether or not, you know, the new guys can come in, learn the system and maybe earn earn a spot on the active roster during one of these many games where look every week, two guys are getting activated from the practice squad to the active roster because of the different rules we have this year. So you never know when someone's name might be called. So Gil, Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show this week as he does every week these days. And he got a little bit feisty. <laughs> you know, I, I sometimes laugh when people talk about, you know, down years for me, because a lot of times down years for me are career years for most quarterbacks. Yeah! I don't think there was enough reaction from the peanut gallery there. I'm so glad he finally said that because we've been saying it for a while. Rogers is, it's really nice to see him walking around, having some fun. He's got that swagger back. He's grinning. I mean, you know, he's got this terrible relationship with, with LeFleur. You see them like hugging on each other and, and smiling at each other all the time. Just makes you sick how, how much they hate each other. He's having an incredible season. He's having a, a historic season. Now, we know 
Russell Wilson is lighting it up. Russell would be having just about the most impressive start to a, you know, through four games that you could imagine if it weren't for the fact that Aaron Rodgers is in the league. Yeah, that's 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 just too bad for Russell Wilson, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's uh you know, Aaron Rodgers is just the the best thing to me that I'm noticing now and and uh, this is sort of a chicken and egg thing, but I don't know whether he's having fun because he's playing so well or he's playing well because he's having fun again. But you compare the 2020 Aaron Rodgers attitude that we're seeing to the 2018 prior to oh Mike McCarthy's goodness. firing yes. attitude and body language and all the things that everybody was reading into every minute of every game. It's like night and day. This this man is just football is fun again, and he is playing at the top of his game right now. He is. And the best part is I'm not really sure he needs to. I kind of like the Packers offense, even without an elite Aaron Rodgers. And this is the question that has been asked when you look at Atlanta, when you look at San Francisco, when you look at the Rams, this is a this is a really good offensive system, very quarterback friendly. What happens when you have an elite quarterback running it? And we're seeing you put up historic numbers. I don't it's think looking, that Aaron, go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't think Aaron Rodgers has to continue playing at this level though, in order for the Packers to be successful the same way that the Seahawks are Russell Wilson or bust right now. He's white hot. And as such, the Seahawks are roaring ahead and winning their games handily. However, if he cools off, I think the Seahawks suffer more from that than the Packers would suffer if Aaron Rodgers fell off. I agree. I think the Packers are a deeper team right now than the Seattle Seahawks, and that is certainly uh, certainly a, a good thing. And and you know, hopefully, if we meet Seattle in the playoffs, it'll be at Lambeau Field and in the cold, where you know they have a little bit more of an advantage. The Packers do, uh, but yeah, I, I think you know, top to bottom, the the beautiful thing about this effort is it hasn't just been Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he may be the catalyst. He may be, you know, the guy who helps. He's the rising tide that helps everybody else raise their games. But the Packers have a lot of talent besides Aaron Rodgers on this team. And I think they are capable. You know, if Aaron Rodgers were to fall off and struggle, you know, go back to what he was a year ago, let's say, uh, I think the Packers still win 11, 12 games this year and and just look very, very strong doing it. You got to credit Matt LaFleur. He's scheming guys open. He's There's a beautiful clip going out right now of a um, – who is it on the uh, on, on the Falcons? Is it uh, Dante Fowler uh, or uh, whoever it is? Hang on. Man, I'm struggling here. I got to look it up. So good, man. All What's the good. guy's name on the the, Falcon, the defensive? Is <clears throat> the D defensive guy for the Falcons? Uh, I gotta look at their roster real quick. I think. <clears throat> All right, hold on. NFL. Got team. it. I got it. It is okay. It is Deion Jones. Okay. There's a beautiful clip right now of Deion Jones biting on a fake throw 
from Aaron Rodgers after Aaron Jones was already across the line of scrimmage carrying the rock. Yeah. Uh, Lafleur is is just an offensive genius here, and you could put somebody like Tim Boyle in and still run that system beautifully. No question about that. And, and you know, it's just great to watch. You, you look at some of the plays that were made, like, this past week against Atlanta. You talked about th- that one. There was another one, one of the touchdowns that Tanyan caught where he <laughs> fell down, got yeah, back Somersaulted. Up. Yeah, and, and, and was still, you know, Rodgers was still able to find him, and he was wide open. And it, right now, this offense, like I said, you know, 30 points against Atlanta was their lowest output of the season. But you got the feeling if they needed 37, they would have gotten 37. Mm-hmm. If they needed 42, they could have gotten 42. And it was just, you know, this team just seems to be able to accomplish a lot because of the way the scheme is, because the players are now comfortable in it, because of the talent and the depth here. And it's it's a credit to the coaching staff. Look at this offensive line. The first three games, we had three different starting offensive line combinations. And I think we had to make adjustments during the game in, in each of the first three games, look at the job that, that you have uh, Rick Wagner coming in and playing Mercedes Lewis position as sort of the extra tight end and doing a darn good job of that uh, in week four against Atlanta. Guys are stepping up. John Runyon stepped in as a rookie, filled in well. Lucas Patrick has played you know fairly well, filling in and, and taking over at one of the guard positions. Uh, it looks like Billy Turner is a better tackle than he is a guard so far after uh, a couple of games. But the way these guys are stepping up and stepping in, it's just been great to see. And you got to credit the coaching staff and the players as well. With no Packers game this week, there are still two really interesting games in the NFC North. Remember, this is also the Lions bye week, but the Vikings play the Seahawks. And the Isn't Bears, every, the Lions by week. <laughs> <laughs> That's mean. You can't say that. <laughs> I'm, I'm so, I just did, but I'm sorry. <laughs> well, the Bears are playing the Buccaneers this week as well. Actually, they're they're currently playing them right now. Yes, we're recording this on Thursday night. So let's talk about that for a second because uh, I, I think you and I are both rooting for the Vikings and the Bears this week. Uh, especially the Vikings here, because we really want to try and get the leg up on the Seahawks, try and get that number one seed overall in the playoffs um, and have home field advantage against Seattle. We don't play Seattle in the regular season. We play the Vikings and Bears twice. I like our odds of being able to take care of business and win the division. I'm not scared of the Bears or the Vikings. We don't have an opportunity to hand the the Seahawks an L ourselves. So I hate saying this, but I think this week, go Bears and Skull. (laughs) (laughs) It's, you know, I I agree with you. I am going to be rooting for both of those rivals. It's hard to do that and watch the game, though. It really is. It goes against almost every fiber in my being, unless they're playing each other. You know, if it's Bears... Uh, if it's Bears Vikings, yeah, I got a roof for somebody and whoever, you know, benefits the Packers more by winning. That's who I'm going to pull for. But yeah, uh, I, I think you're right. I'm confident that the Packers are the better team in the division by a, a comfortable margin and getting an advantage over both the Seahawks and the Bucks 
and getting that first round bye. Remember, only the first seed mm-hmm. in the NFC will get a bye this year under the new playoff format. Yeah, I got to root for Minnesota and I got to root for Chicago. Just just don't tell anybody, you know. <laughs> well, maybe the football gods will bless us and and these teams will score zero zero ties. How's that? <laughs> well, let's That'll look screw at- up all the tiebreakers. But yeah. let's look at the rest of the Packers schedule once we come out of our bye week because the Bears are playing the Buccaneers this week we play the Buccaneers next week and that is at Tampa in fact out of our first six games coming out of the bye four of those are on the road we're going to start off in Tampa and then head to Houston come home for Minnesota then we have the dreaded San Francisco game so let's talk about this six game stretch here where do you Gil where do you most likely see the Packers first loss coming this season I am still wary of going to San Francisco and a couple of reasons you know first of all it's it's a Thursday night road trip to the west coast right after an emotional division game against Minnesota and I think you know look Matt LaFleur is 0-3 in California trips right now during his uh, one-plus seasons with the Packers. I I think there's a little psychological component to that, and the Packers really need to win that game to sort of have a breakthrough and get past that psychological barrier. I'm concerned. I I just—you know they're going to come out and try to run the ball down our throats again— and you just got to hope the defense responds a heck of a lot better than they did last January. I won't lie to you. Last year, when before we'd played a single game, when the Packers' schedule came out, and remember the the Forty Niners in twenty eighteen, they went four and twelve. When this when the twenty nineteen schedule came out, and I saw San Francisco on there. I immediately penciled that in as a loss. San Francisco kind of has our number. I will tell you the one thing that I'm kind of glad about is that it is that Thursday night game. And it feels like the Packers are at such a disadvantage there because I don't really want the Packers feeling cocky and confident. I want them kind of dangerous and, and feeling cornered and feeling like underdogs and I want them chippy I want them going out there feeling like they got something to prove and kind of, you know, teed off about last year. That's what I want. I, I want the, the 49ers to be the ones strutting in, feeling confident, going, come on, we'll take care of business like we did last year. And Matt LaFleur is coming in, you know, with, uh, gosh, what week is that? So that's, that's week nine. So that's our eighth game coming in for part eight of the Matt LaFleur scorched earth revenge tour of 2020. <laughs> I, I, I feel like this is the best case scenario. If you, if this was coming off of our bye week, if this was giving us extra time to rest and be all prepared and perfect, honestly, I think that that would be detrimental to the Packers. So where do you think the biggest uh, pitfall is? Where Where do you see our first loss coming? I've actually got week seven at Houston, and here's why. So they just fired their head coach, Bill O'Brien, and what you have here... We'll, we'll we'll get a preview this Sunday, and we'll see. You know, maybe maybe my predictions won't age very well, but the Texans are zero and four, and this is not an zero and four roster. This is a very talented roster, very talented players, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You've got players and assistant coaches 
who are desperate to get their season back on track, and they've got a ton to prove. They have to demonstrate that they were not the problem, that it was Bill O'Brien. I don't like this. This feels like a trap game. This feels like the game you walk into and you underestimate them and and they have more to lose than you do. And let's be honest, beating the Packers would be a major statement for the Texans. I, I got to imagine they want this win bad. So that's the one that scares me. I know that they're 0-4, but honestly, I, I think that the, the Packers really might go into that game overly confident and underprepared against a wounded and dangerous uh, team right there. Yeah, I, I sort of had a similar fear with, with the Atlanta game, and that didn't happen. I'm hoping that it doesn't happen in Houston. But, yeah, I see, the, I see the pitfall there, though, because – and, look, Deshaun Watson, even a better quarterback than, than Ryan is right now at this stage in his career. And, yeah, it, it, there are lots of things to worry about in that game. I think it also depends on how the Packers do in Tampa Bay if they – blow out the Bucks, then maybe they do get a little bit overconfident. If the Bucks beat them or if the Bucks give them all they can handle, you know, maybe the attitude is a little different heading into Houston. After the 49ers, we have a bye week. Well, not really. We play the Jaguars, but might as well be a bye week. And then we have to go to Indianapolis and face a lethal Colts defense. That one could be a tough game. I think the Colts match up really well against the Packers. The Packers are going to have to bring their A game and have to bring a really good offensive scheme. And I think it's going to come down to the Packers offense being able to beat the Colts defense because the Colts don't have the best offense in the world. They have weaknesses there. I think it's going to come down to Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, whatever receiver Rodgers is throwing to that week. Uh, finding a way to put up enough points to outlast the Colts. Then, in Week 12, we finally get to play the Bears. Mm-hmm. That's way too long. I don't ever want to wait until Week 12 again. I, I really like our, our nice Week 1 matchup against Chicago. Whether it's at home or on the road, I don't really care. It's a nice way to start the year. It feels weird waiting all the way until Week 12. And honestly, with the way that the Bears have been playing, Despite the fact that they don't have a quarterback, you know, they're three and one. They might still have a good record by the time we spanked them in week 12. They may. And and that makes that a huge game. And hopefully, you know, the Packers can uh, maybe even not maybe clinch the division, but sort of put it away uh, that week week after Thanksgiving, where hopefully uh, the, by then the Packers are in the driver's seat. Now, I don't want to overlook week 17, however. That's when we play the the Bears again, and this time it'll be at Soldier Field. The reason being, you could easily see a situation where we are one game ahead of the Seahawks, or you know we're, we're tied but have a better conference record, whatever, and the Bears are looking to play spoiler and bump us down to the number two seed in the playoffs. I it's still way too far out right now to make any sort of, you know, real predictions, but that's a game that I think we're going to be looking ahead to and talking a lot about down the stretch for probably the last six weeks or so. Yeah. And then the week before that, uh, 
the revenge tour continues with a, the Packers home finale for the regular season against the Tennessee Titans. And that, I, I don't know if I love that matchup either, as far as a healthy Derrick Henry could be all kinds of problems for the Packers D. You're talking about revenge tour because Matt LaFleur was the offensive coordinator of the Titans. Correct. I tell you, I liked, I liked part one against the Falcons where he used to be the uh, quarterback coach. I liked how part one well went and it's mm-hmm. possible, you know, we could get part three and play against the Rams at some point in the, in the playoffs. Very possible. That could be a really, really interesting schedule. Well, that's it for today. We'll be right back here next week. Follow us on Twitter at Gil Packers and at JJ Leahy to stay up to date on all things Packers or ask us questions. Make sure you're subscribed to No Huddle Radio on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show, and thank you for listening. Until next time, carry the G and go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Packers Talk. Packers Talk.